This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You're listening to Valley Football First and Goal, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference on the lineupmedia.fm network. Now, your host, Kelly Burke. Welcome to the MVFC First and Goal podcast, Spring Ball Edition. I'm your host, Kelly Burke, and today pleased to be joined by the new head coach of Indiana State, Kurt Mallory. Coach, welcome to the show. How are you? Well, great. For, uh, thanks for having me. Great to have you on. Well, you were introduced as the 21st football coach at Indiana State uh, back on January 23rd. Tell me what has the past two months or so been like for you and how have you balanced to all the immediate needs that come with taking over a program? Well, it's been crazy, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, one of the first things that I wanted to do when I got on campus is I wanted to meet the football team. Uh, I drove from uh, Indianapolis airport uh, straight to Memorial Stadium and met with the team. And we had a recruiting weekend going on that weekend, and uh, so I had to recruit as well. But uh, more importantly, I wanted to meet with each individual on our football team. And uh, we started meeting that, that, that night, Friday night, uh, and we went until about 1, 1.30 at night. And then I uh, got back with them early in the morning, about 5 a.m. until about 8 a.m. until had breakfast with recruits. So it was nonstop, um, recruiting, getting to know the players, and getting on the road recruiting, which we had to put together a uh, uh, class uh, in a short amount of time, which uh, we were able to do. And then, of course, putting together a staff. And, uh, and as excited as I am to be here, I'm even more excited of the, uh, the men that are going to be part of our uh, coaching staff. And uh, they're all men that uh, I knew as husbands, fathers, and coaches. Uh, either I worked with them or, uh, or coached them. And uh, so I... I knew the plan I wanted. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to hire men that I knew with high integrity, with great character, and uh, that I knew that would uh, uh, have the best interest of our players and these young men. You know, you've been a coaching veteran for 22 years, and you've risen through the ranks as an assistant. And so, how did that journey? you know, to now becoming a head coach here at 47 years old, you know, make it that much more gratifying for you when you accepted this job? Well, I'm from the state of Indiana. Uh, I went and played high school at Bloomington South High School. Uh, it's, where, uh, it's where I was married. Uh, it's where my two boys were born. Uh, so Indiana's my home. And coming back uh, to my home state and being the head football coach at Indiana State is a dream come true. Uh, I had a great opportunity at a young age uh, after playing at the University of Michigan, going back and, and working for my father as a graduate assistant, uh, where I later uh, got a great opportunity uh, to be hired at uh, Ball State by uh, Bill Lynch. And, uh, you know, I still look back to staff that I was able to be a part of at Ball State University and uh, by far was the best staff I was ever a part of. And uh, in doing so and being part of that, those are the, still my closest friends in this profession. I worked six years at Ball State at a young age. Uh, I was around uh, Bill Lynch, who's the head football coach at DePaul, who's the head coach at that time. 
Uh, Bob Barlameo was our defensive coordinator, and now he's a head coach at Indianapolis. Shannon Griffith uh, used to be the head coach at uh, uh, Manchester here in Indiana. And uh, Coach Otterbein, Keith Otterbein's head football coach at Hillsdale. So I got a great opportunity to work with a lot of great men. I just named about half of them. Uh, but it was a great opportunity and a great experience. And by being part of that staff, I knew how I wanted to do it. If I ever became a head football coach, it was much like how Bill Lynch did it. He did it with men that he knew, either he had coached or uh, worked with. And so I had a great opportunity to uh, work at Ball State. And I moved around throughout my, my career, whether it was uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, I coached at Indiana. I coached at Illinois. I coached my alma mater, uh, Michigan. Uh, and then I also uh, worked through the Mid-American Conference at uh, Central Michigan, uh, University of Akron, and of course, Ball State. And then most recently, I was out at uh, University of Wyoming working for uh, Coach Craig Bull. And uh, it was just a tremendous experience working for Coach Bull and being around a, a coach who's uh, done what he's done, not only at North Dakota State, but uh, also uh, what he's doing at the University of Wyoming. Yeah, I'm sure he probably had some words of wisdom for you as uh, you took this job. You know, you said in your opening press conference that you win with people, uh, that, that people make a place. And so can you expand a little bit on that philosophy and how you've even seen it at work here in the first couple of months at Indiana State? You know, people make a place. I mean, I, you know, that's how I was raised. You're never going to be able to do it alone. It'll always be about us. It'll always be about we. Um, and I know that, you know, by no means would I ever be able to do this alone. And, uh, and that's why I'm so fortunate to be part of a great staff and be around the, the great men that, uh, uh, I'm working with daily. Uh, we just, I just left a staff meeting and, uh, and I feel so, uh, at peace knowing that, uh, a lot of these coaches that they're in great hands or they got these young men, their best interest. And, uh. It, you cannot do it alone, will not do it alone, and the success that we're going to have is going to be on the people that uh, I'm fortunate to be around every, every single day. You know, what kind of expectations have you quickly set for the players? You know, and how do you go about, you know, changing a mindset, changing a culture, you know, especially for a group of men that's coming off a four and seven season? Well, you know, the, the, the three things that I... I talk to him about and I talk to him daily about it. These three uh, objectives will never ever change. Uh, number one, they will earn a degree uh, at Indiana State University. Number two, they will represent their family and this program uh, in a first class manner. If they don't do one of those two things, then they will not be part of this team. And, uh, and I will not uh, settle for anything less there, or we will not. And then the third thing is we our ultimate goal, and it will always be our ultimate goal, will win the Missouri Valley Championship. And those are the three expectations that we talk about daily and will always strive for. You know, as you mentioned, you grew up around the game of football. Your, your dad, of course, being the winningest uh, football coach in Indiana University history. Uh, your two brothers coach in the NFL currently. Doug, the secondary coach uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. And then Mike is an assistant special teams coach with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, was coaching a given for you, you know, as, as a career path? And unlike your brothers, why did you decide the college game was where, you know, you wanted to be? Well, I think, uh, you know, with my brothers and myself, 
you know, watching my father coach, you know, it was a, it was always a passion and the difference that he made in young men's life, uh, I think was, a was an easy decision for my brothers and I to, to choose this uh, career path. Uh, you know, we would go to practice and we would see how he approached each and every day. And then, you know, I still come across so many players that uh, my father made an impact on. And, you know, if, you know, and it was easy for my brother Mike or my brother Doug or myself to, uh, to want to go into uh, this great profession. And, uh, you know, my sister, I know she's uh, has done her role in coaching some too, maybe not at the collegiate level, but uh, she's been a teacher and doing some of the things too. And I know uh, the impact that uh, he also had on her as well. You know, in, in February of 1988, you committed to play football at Michigan, which is where both of uh, your older brothers went. Um, you know, you did have an offer to go play for your dad when he was the coach at Indiana. And so how did you weigh that decision? And is that something that you and your dad, you know, joke about to this day, you know, that you decided to go play at Michigan? Um, because, you know, as you mentioned, you were an, a graduate assistant coach under him at Indiana. Well, I think, you know, with my brothers and I, we all went through the recruiting process and we all had a other opportunities other than to play for my father or go to the University of Michigan. Um, at that time, my dad, as uh, closest friends in this profession, were coaching at the University of Michigan. And uh, so when my brothers went through it uh, and I went through it, my dad, you know, he let us all go through the, uh, the process. We took our five visits or went and looked at other places. But at the end of the day, there was really only two decisions that, that were going to be made or two places. And uh, when it got to me, it was kind of, I don't know if it was a joke, but I knew it was coming that, you know, and it was the same thing he said to Mike, the same thing he said to Doug, and the same thing uh, um, he said to me is, you know, you, you can go wherever you want in the country, but you're just going to have to decide between Indiana and Michigan. And, uh, and I knew where he was getting at. I knew that at both places, um, we were going to be taken care of, whether it was at Michigan or whether it was, of course, playing for him. And uh, ultimately, that's what it was going to always going to come down to, is that he was going to put his sons in a position where people were going to look after him. The same philosophy that I've always gone, gone by is people make a place. And he knew that the people that he uh, had at, at where he worked, whether it was at Northern Illinois, or Indiana University, or at the University of Michigan that they're going to look after his sons and, and have the best interest for them. You know, you'll naturally, you know, I'm sure you maybe already are compared to your father and the distinguished career, you know, that he he had. Um, you know, I noticed when I was watching your opening press conference, you got emotional a little bit when you were talking about him. And he was there in the audience and obviously had a ton of pride uh, sitting there watching you. And so how do you view those comparisons? Um, you know, and, and what kind of relationship do you continue to have with your dad till this day? And, and what have you learned from him? Well, you know, I don't know about the comparisons. Uh... Uh, you know, that's obviously something that my brothers and I will always strive for, uh, you know, just to try to have, you know, somewhat of a career that, that he had, you know, I, but I think in the end of the day, we all want to do it, uh, for the same reason. It's always about the kids. And it was always about that for my father. 
And uh, at the end of the day, it was always about parenting and it was always about teaching. And, uh, and that's how it truly was uh, watching him grow. Um, but it was, my father had a huge impact on obviously all of us uh, in a lot of different ways. And, uh, you know, obviously, to, uh, you know, we, we all strive to be, you know, you know, him someday. But, uh, you know, I think, uh, I, I know he's proud of, uh, of us all and that we've chosen this profession. What's it like at family gatherings? I'm sure it's hard to get all of you guys together in the same place at one time with the different football schedules and the different off seasons. But, you know, when you in particular, your brothers and your dad are together, what is that dynamic like? And does the conversation always turn to football? Oh, not necessarily. Uh, you know, it, it, it's talked about. It certainly is. <laughs> it is our livelihood. Um, but there are other things that we enjoy uh, outside of football. Um, but no, uh, it is our livelihood. It does come up quite a bit in conversation. But to be honest with you, uh, because of the profession, it's so hard that we all do get together. And, uh, you know, uh, the Super Bowl, for example, uh, my brother Doug uh, was in the Super Bowl and uh, it was an opportunity for everybody to get together and be around one another. And uh, of course I couldn't make it, uh, had too many things going on here, but uh, there's certain events that uh, we get together and you know, football always brings our family together. Uh, whether it be a coach's convention, whether it be a Super Bowl game or a year ago, uh, the Falcons and the uh, Jaguars played. So uh, football kind of brings our family together and it, uh, uh, it is our livelihood. My conversation with Kurt Mallory continues shortly, but if you're enjoying this edition of the MVFC First Single Podcast, check out all the lineup media group podcasts featuring your favorite sports as well as non-sports content too. Now back to the show. You know, besides your dad, you, you mentioned some of these individuals uh, previously in our interview, but who are some influential coaches that shaped you and what have you learned from them? Well, you know, I would say, uh, you know, my, my, I have an eighth grader right now who, uh, who is moving from Laramie, Wyoming. And uh, that was a hard move for me. Uh, it was a hard move uh, going from DeKalb, Illinois to Bloomington, Indiana. And, uh, you know, I think uh, probably one of the most influential people that I was around was my freshman high school football coach, Al Gallo. And, uh, and what an impact he made because that that right there was was huge because I really struggled with that move. And when I moved to Bloomington, Indiana, he was the one that really uh, looked after me and made uh, my experience in high school what it was. And so I really always looked to him. I had some uh, other coaches that were obviously very influential. Uh, I knew that uh, along the way, I was very fortunate. I had a great high school coach, Mo Moriarty, who's still the head football coach at Bloomington South. Um, we worked together at Indiana University, so he was a huge impact and a very, very close friend of mine today. And then I had an opportunity to work with uh, or, or play for Bo Schimbeckler and uh, Gary Moeller and Lloyd Carr. And uh, those were uh, obviously... Uh, tremendous experiences in my playing career. You know, when you were hiring your staff, 
you know, and, and you said, you know, they were obviously very familiar because you, you all coached together, most of you at Michigan um, under Brady Hoke, but what was the vision in particular that you sold them on? Well, you know, the thing that, you know, really excited all of us was the opportunity. Um, you know, I, you know, they knew what kind of people were here. I told them about uh, short cling scales and, and uh, the administration and their strength coach and our training staff and our sports information. I mean, there was just so many people that are involved that it takes to win. And uh, when I interviewed for the job, um, as much as I wanted the job at Indiana State, I wanted, that, I wanted it that much more after meeting everybody that was going to be involved. And I knew it wasn't just going to be about the coaching staff. I knew it was going to be much more. It was going to be about the support, the people that I work with on a daily basis. And when I came away from that interview, I mean, I was even more excited about possibly having the opportunity to be the head football coach at Indiana State. And then when interviewing it, you know, interviewing some of the other players or, or interviewing, excuse me, some of the other assistant coaches, um, that was the thing I really stressed was, boy, as, as great a place as we can make this, uh, you're going to be really impressed with the people that are going to be working with on a daily basis. So your staff obviously has this strong nucleus uh, of coaches that were together for a while and, and really know each other. Um, but what kinds of things have you done to develop and build chemistry with some of the newer and younger guys that you hired? And, you know, and I, I did think it was interesting that you do have two pairs of father-sons on your staff, which is neat. You know, uh, Daryl Funk and Tyler Funk obviously are a father-son, uh, as long, along with uh, Craig Smith, who's our football uh, operations, and his father's our assistant head coach and D-line coach Mark Smith. So that's really a neat a neat dynamic uh, to see them being being around each other. I know I had an opportunity to work with my brother Mike and uh, and also work with my father as a graduate assistant. And, and it was just, uh, it, those times were priceless and uh, kind of brings me back to having that opportunity back then. But again, you know, the thing that really makes us a close staff is we do have some veteran coaches on our staff and we got some younger coaches some up-and-coming coaches uh just much like i was coming through it i was uh i go back to uh, the staff i worked on with bill lynch i mean we had uh, guys like ted huber who's a uh, high school coaching legend here in the state of indiana coaching the college ranks uh, was an older veteran coach. Uh, Rich Spizak was a longtime college coach, um, you know. And then you had uh, Bob Bartolomeo, who I mentioned, uh, just to name a few. But then we had a lot of younger coaches: Dennis Springer, myself. Dennis is now the uh, wide receiver coach at Northwestern. But it was the influence that they had on these young guys that really brought that staff so close. And I, and when I put this st the staff together, I really wanted to model it like that. Um, to have veteran coaches that could bring the younger coaches along and groom them uh, to be great coaches someday, which uh, is certainly going to happen someday. You know, your background is particularly in defense, and, you know, I saw you'll run a 4-3 uh, defense this year. Offensively, how would you describe your philosophy and, and what aspects of your dad's power running game will it have in it? <laughs> well... You know, I, I've worked with Jeff uh, Heklinski uh, prior to uh, hiring him. I worked with Daryl Funk 
uh, prior to uh, hiring him. And so our backgrounds and what we want to do, establishing the run, will, will always be where it begins. Uh, we will always run the football, and that's where it will always start, along with defensively stopping the run. So I know it's a cliche, but it's a belief that we as a staff will always, uh, always have. You talked about Craig Bull, um, who was who's the current Wyoming head coach and who you worked with uh, last season. And he, he's obviously the former North Dakota state head coach that won three national titles with the Bison. And so what advice did he have for you, not only about winning in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, but about building a program in it? You know, we uh, uh, what he brought to North Dakota State was a model that Coach Osborne had at Nebraska with developing young men through repetition and brought that to North Dakota State. And uh, guys that wanted to stick, guys that wanted to be at North Dakota State was the same model that we brought to the University of Wyoming. And uh, fitting, a, fitting a young man or getting a young man that fits the profile uh, that, that uh, will come to Indiana State or, come, or went to uh, Wyoming and want to be there. And, and not look around and say, you know what, this isn't for me. And, and a year ago, we had one young man quit the whole year. And uh, that was a huge tribute to Coach Bull and the plan that he had in place. And we played for the championship. And not too many people thought that we would ever have that opportunity. And, uh, but the guys that truly believed that that was going to get done were going to be the ones that were in that building. The players, the coaches, the administration, the people that, you know, you may not hear about the sports information, the training. Everybody was involved. Everyone knew that that plan was in place and it was going to happen. And that's what happened. And that's the same model that uh, uh, I brought here and the experience I had working for Coach Bull uh, was just unbelievable. And uh, he gave me some great advice along the way. And it wasn't just one thing or the other. It was a plan that he had in place that uh, I was fortunate to be a part of the last two years at the University of Wyoming with Coach Bull. Do you expect that you'll still be talking to him throughout, especially this first season? Oh, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. We, we stay in touch. We're, you know, we're both, you know, I know he's busy. I'm busy right now with spring ball. But, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll stay in touch through, tw uh, you know, text messages and occasional phone call. But, uh, you know, I've got a list of questions I'm going to ask him when uh, – Spring ball gets over uh, because uh, he's been uh, he's been really uh, unbelievable as far as mentoring me and and giving me advice on some of the things that uh, you know maybe he wish he would have uh, done a little different here when he first got to North Dakota State or some of the things that uh, were obstacles and uh, that he was able to work through to build what he built uh, up in uh, Fargo. Well, speaking of communication, I'm curious what your view is on social media and in particular what your, your own three kids have taught you about communicating with the, the current generation of young people. <laughs> well, my, you know, I, my, my children are always on their phones, you know, and they're, they're uh, texting and doing all the Twitter. But it's something obviously is... Uh, a uh, big part of communication right now and something that's very involved, uh, very much part of what we do recruiting. And you knew, you do have to be on top of that. And then I think, too, not only, uh, you know, my kids, but really I have uh, some coaches that I've hired that uh, 
uh, are really on top of that and have helped some of the older coaches too. But uh, you have to do that. It's such a big part of recruiting now. All right, well, we're going to move into the, the rapid fire phase, so to say, of the interview. So um, I'm going to ask a question and whatever comes to mind, you know, make that make that your answer. Um, your idea of a perfect day with your family, your wife, Lori, your two boys, James and Sam and your daughter, Margot. On a boat. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite memory as a player. Uh, winning the Rose Bowl. And, and can you elaborate, too, on the Rose Bowl in particular? That's one thing I was interested about. You know, you not only played in it, but you coached in that game. And so what, it, what it, was it like to be on both sides of that type of stage and game? You know, it was unbelievably uh, uh, rewarding, you know, to be a part of uh, uh, some great teams at the University of Michigan uh, as a player and be part of that um, you know, it was just a, a tremendous experience uh, to be in the Rose Bowl and to be playing in the granddaddy of them all and uh, played played in four of them. I was involved in four of them and two against Washington and two against USC. And it was just a tremendous experience. And then uh, a few years, or I guess about 20 years later, got a chance to coach in one uh, at the University of Illinois and to be a part of that, what a special team that was. And uh, just uh, very honored to be a part of both team, you know, both programs that uh, uh, played in the Rose Bowl. Your favorite moment as an assistant coach? Uh, coaching in the Rose Bowl. And then now your, your favorite moment so far as a head coach? Oh, just the process. I'm enjoying the process and uh, uh, being around the young men and being around our coaches. A sport or sporting event you are most likely to watch if, if football is not on? Cubs game. Are you a huge Cubs fan? Did you watch the game last night? Oh, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I thought, I yeah. thought they might yeah. pull it out there and, and pull it out in the end when they tied it up late. Yeah. No. But now there's long season. Yeah. <laughs> Although you did win it all last year, so. <laughs> yeah. How? How will you measure success and progress in your first year? Oh, I, you know, I think the thing number one is, you know, I want to see these young men leave here successful, and it's a process. Uh, you know, number one, graduate, and then number two, I, you know, I want to see these guys compete. And uh, you know, when we were at Wyoming, and you know, you asked about, uh, you know, one of the most gratifying things I think. Uh, as an assistant coach that I had last year was being part of the Wyoming team. Um, and uh, because it was something that nobody thought that you could do. And, uh, and, and I know Coach Bull was, would talk to people and say, we're going to beat Boise State, we're going to beat San Diego State, we're going to beat Colorado State, we're going to beat Air Force, and we did. And, uh, but no one was surprised except for the people uh, outside the building. And uh, that was probably going back on the question, you know, probably the most gratifying year I've ever had in coaching as a system was being a part of something that uh, no one really thought you could do. And, and, and that's what, uh, you know, is going to be the process here. You know, we may not have a uh, 10 win game season next year or a winning season, matter of fact, but uh, to see them compete and to see them be in games and, and see them improve and get better. Uh, that's what that's what I want to see 
uh, next year, and that's what we want to see as a staff. What's the best part of being back in Indiana, your home state? Oh, being close to family and friends. Well, Coach, uh, I appreciate you taking the time today, and uh, I look forward to meeting you in person instead of virtually here uh, in the next, uh, the coming months. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, and uh, good luck with the rest of spring ball. I know you guys just had your first scrimmage this past weekend. Yes, we did, and we've got, uh, we're almost at the halfway mark. It's flying by. Well, if you like what you heard from Indiana State Head Coach Kurt Mallory and our MVFC First and Gold podcast, be sure to subscribe and don't forget to check out the many other podcast offerings from Lineup Media Group, including some of their newest shows, The 11th Inning Stretch, as well as The Drop Podcast. Head to lineupmedia.fm for more info or to subscribe. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Tune in next week for another episode of Valley Football First and Goal with Kelly Bird, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference, only on the lineupmedia.fm network. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere you get your podcasts. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.